Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Thanks for having me. And this is the final conversation around the hassles of hiring, right? That's right. And these episodes, actually the last two episodes, this one and um, I guess the previous week, we actually did make it into recording before lunch in the morning, probably in both of our prime time spots. So listeners, you'll have to let us know if the information was presented better or if you felt like um, there was like we upped our game as far as content uh, that was shared. So Anyway, that's that's been good. That's made this day even an even better day to knock out some work that does require a little bit of mental capacity and creativity yeah. before lunch. And I was even able to jump on a client call in between recordings. And it's so timely, these conversations, because that call was spent around not accounting. It was just advice around HR policies, maternity, paternity leave, short-term disability options, business, right? And uh, we are recording this before lunch. So hopefully no one hears like stomach growls or anything in the background. I had some background noise um, that you helped me identify. And it was my Aroma 360 uh, spray thing going off in the background. So I guess my office won't start, won't smell as good for this episode. Um, But it is what it is. So maybe we're passing out a lot of secrets in this episode today. Aroma 360, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, an automatic diffuser, which they have both. You can have like a small uh, portable diffuser, or you can have one that actually hooks into your HVAC system at your house. And what it is, is the nice smells that you smell at resorts and hotels and certain stores um, that you walk in and it has a very distinct smell every time. They have these diffusers in their HVAC systems that are constantly um, sending out the fragrance uh, evenly throughout the day. And so we actually have those in office and at home and love them. So if you have dogs or potentially boys that you live with, uh, it might be something worth looking at or investing in. Would love a sponsorship from them since uh, their stuff (laughs) is like liquid gold. (laughs) We, we love it. Um, usually people who visit our house, we found it from a friend, of course, who we visited their house and they have four boys and pets and their house smells amazing. They smell amazing. And so I was like, okay, tell me what is it? Because I know that just naturally your home probably wouldn't smell this great, uh, all the time. And so that's how we were able to find it. But yeah, Aroma 360 is turned off. Maybe there's a special prize if somebody can figure out like the exact minute and second of the episode where they hear stomach growls. <laughs> if we can confirm that, maybe we'll send you, I don't know, Sonic gift card or something. <laughs> so this wrapping up this conversation around hiring and kind of workforce solutions, going to also give some tips and tricks uh, around remote 
employees and how to manage, how to, you know, how to make sure that what options exist once you do find them and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah, so this is our last conversation in the Hassles of Hiring series. So we talked first about where do we find good people? We talked about how do we compete with larger organizations as far as compensation uh, and different strategies really to be able to compete and provide just as great an opportunity for team members um, as another company would be able to provide. And then today, yeah, we're talking about what if you're not looking for a physical person in your direct area? What if you could have access to somebody anywhere in the entire world uh, to do the work that you're needing to be done? And so definitely looking at remote workers, virtual assistants sure. today. I think it's the, uh, the world we live in, um, you know, as work from anywhere has become definitely a thing after COVID and for those open-minded employers that are willing to embrace the future of work and what that means. Um, it allows you to find talented people that aren't necessarily near the office, near the physical office. And so that's really, that's cool. Um, the other thing that it's done, and this has impacted our team, you have team members that move away and that whether job change on for the spouse or they want to go try a new area to live in just to experience life. We've had both of those situations come up in the last year or two, and you have to embrace it. I mean, those team members would much rather have them still a part of the organization in a remote setting than limit their employment because of where they live. And so, um, yeah, those are the couple of circumstances. Both are positive because if you're able to live where you want and ski down a mountain in the afternoon or be on the beach in the morning, that's great. I mean, that's what life's about. And so like, we want to encourage that, embrace it. And as long as you're getting, your work done, your productive things are being clients are being served. Like that's all that matters to us. Like we could really, uh, we're, we didn't have those opportunities earlier in our career and earlier in our lives to embrace them. So I think it's really cool that people are able to take advantage of that now and, uh, good for them. I think it's interesting too, that one of the reasons that I am part of the team is we did have uh, a team member that needed to move because of her husband's job. And so because she was moving, we didn't have a way for her to work remotely nine years ago and do the role that she was doing. And so that's actually how I became part of Dylan CPAs was based on not being able to uh, retain a team member after they were having kind of a life change or a move. And so, yeah, it is really, um, it is neat. And it is a great opportunity that now when we have great team members, because we do always say we want to keep them forever. We don't let them use an excuse of I'm moving. I won't be able to stay with the team any longer. <laughs> we're like, Oh wait, <laughs> we'll send you with the equipment and you'll be just yeah. fine <laughs> doing your work from wherever you want to stay. So we were a lot different eight or nine years ago when that, conversation happened and um that that 
team member had to move and uh, vacate her position, we looked more like a traditional business that was tied to a location. And through, we started making moves earlier before COVID, which then allowed for COVID to only speed up the process we were already going down by a few more years. And so that allowed us to shed some office space, some additional office space that we were already in thoughts on how we do that. It gave our team members um, different perspective on what it meant to look like working from anywhere and that it could be long-term, it could be normal, it could, you just gotta have to set boundaries and things like that. Um, but from an employer perspective, we definitely had to change how we manage the team and how we set things up uh, in everyday work. And so part of that was definitely a learning process. And on the other side of this, we are so much stronger because of it. And that is a strategic advantage that we have whenever we're talking to team members, um, prospective team members. And so um, I wouldn't go back. There's no intention of going back in office. Um, we'll have conference room space or a headquarters or something like that. But um, I don't see us doing the typical nine to five in location ever again. Thinking back, where do you think you were first introduced to the idea of doing um, remote workers or a virtual workforce? Probably uh, industry peers, not necessarily like CPA firms or accounting firms alone, but people that service and work with those firms. Um, you know, my background, I, I was in a big four accounting firm and um, spent a lot of time, not in the office, but at a client. So, you know, those teams were already set up to be mobile and travel all over the, the world and do their work and then somehow be tied back to uh, a bigger organization that does have a headquarter somewhere. So it was just a natural evolution for me. And um, the, the great thing for not only ourselves, but the team as well, um, you know, is that you can, you just have so many more options on where you live. And we're seeing that with people that are moving from maybe high tax states or anything like that coming to Texas. Texas is definitely on the receiving end of some of that as well as Arizona, Florida, um, some of those more taxpayer friendly states. Uh, some people are also moving to one of the coasts or one of the beach areas just because they, they're okay giving up a little bit of tax for the lifestyle that comes with the area. So we had a team member that moved to Colorado um, and Colorado, you're going from Texas to Colorado. So you're going from no tax to tax. So it's, it's just a balance of life. And I'm not really sure when the transition happened for us, but I will say that we were going a certain direction and then we inherited or acquired a second office space and kind of took a step back. And that probably was a little bit more of the prompting to say that wasn't what we wanted. Let's, let's go the other way, which we were already headed down and, um, you know, keep going to this mobile friendly, flexible work for the greater good of our employees. 
Right. And so we did originally. And so again, thinking way back to when our business looked a little different, it looked a little bit more traditional tax CPA firm. We originally looked at how do we work remotely? How do we as our team, um, how do we work remotely? Not because we weren't going into the office. It was to be able to work more hours once you left the office. And so I don't know that that that's definitely not the mindset that we are in today as far as remote working. Uh, but that's definitely what got us started. And I, and like you said, when we had a second physical location and you were more tied to being at a physical location. That was definitely not the road. So we looked at kind of um, pumping up our remote capabilities of working and what does that look like to be more of a hybrid, be more um, work from anywhere as if we were in office. So working from anywhere effectively, not just working from anywhere and, uh, you know, kind of suffering or struggling through something that wasn't a good sure. setup. Uh, and so after considering our remote workforce, so that was something that was like, okay, we knew how to hire locally. We knew word of mouth and friends and posting something maybe on LinkedIn or with the chamber of commerce in our community, as far as job postings or ads then kind of what did we look at for remote workforce? What were some of the options or avenues that we went to really open up that talent pool? <laughs> Not that yeah. one place, but <laughs> a lot of places uh, to get new So you can, you can continue to, to post in the resources that you already have. So like LinkedIn, Indeed, those things, but just make it, you know, location flexible or hybrid. And so, uh, don't discount that you, you still can't post where you were typically posting, especially if you're finding good people, hopefully you would just multiply your efforts because now you have a bigger pool to fish in. Um, the other, the other piece is recruiters. A lot of people do re use recruiting in, uh, like out outside recruiters, not internal, um, for job vacancies and to fill those. And, Recruiters, I would assume, only love that compared to a physical location because then they can go and find much more talented applicants uh, to kind of give you and potentially make their um, cut on. And so uh, recruiters were something that we looked at and we looked at a specific recruiter that dealt with remote employees. And so they were kind of known in our industry to work with remote friendly firms and look for remote, um, employees, people that raised their hand and said, I, I want to only work remote. And that, that gave us great, uh, abilities. Um, that was probably at the beginning of, of COVID in two years. Now I would say people have caught on to that trend and it's more of the norm, um, to be able to hire that way. Um, but yeah, those are the two that are easy. Um, for remote talent, finding people. 
Right. And so then when we looked at, we actually could set parameters even for our remote workers on where they were located for uh, payroll purposes or payroll tax purposes. And so even that, you have a lot of options. So when you look remotely, you you don't have to open it up um, to the full U.S. or to full worldwide. You can actually put where you would be willing to hire and pay team members from. Um, and then again, there are services that do that. And then a also, you can look worldwide, so you don't necessarily have to have just in the U.S. There are um, talent resources and different companies that are um, worldwide, international, that do all types of all types of work. So, um, yeah, just with that, English, you know, is taught many, many, many places. Unlike us, where most of us maybe only speak one language. Um, the rest of the world seems to be multilingual. So uh, definitely options sure. there as well. Um, you know, you really have to consult with your advisors to make sure how you handle those team members, if they're going to be a W-2 employee and what that looks like in other taxing jurisdictions, not only countries, but states, and what that may be, may require of you after employment. Um, but then also, Worldwide, you know, it may be a, a contracting arrangement where you're going through a third party who then does some level of management, some level of uh, human resources for that team member. So you have a little bit more security, a little bit more uh, comfort in hiring um, in those locations where you may never meet the, the person physically. And so we've got um, kind of some insight on that because of our industry and what options exist, um, you know, lo like locally, worldwide, some people that, that we know, um, we embrace working parents. And so a lot of our team members are working parents. And so the free mama is a friend of ours and a great resource where you can find pretty much working people that have raised their hands that they want to balance life as being a parent and working and building maybe a business or a career for themselves while also, you know, having these responsibilities at home. So the free mama has been a great resource for us as far as being introduced to working parents and just all over the board, as far as where they may, you know, marketing, SEO, kind of online advertising, or even, uh, some bookkeeping, some, you know, executive assistant type work. Uh, the other one that's that's more probably uh, advertised is a company called Belay Solutions out of Tennessee. Uh, you may hear their name if you subscribe to some of the productivity podcasts like Michael Hyatt or um, Dave Ramsey and those guys. Um, so those those are options that exist U.S. based. Obviously, when you're talking about outsourcing, you can also look for like people like us, um, if it's a specific accounting tax or payroll thing that you want to think through. Um, but then worldwide, you've got in our industry specifically, you've got organizations like, uh, integrity who has workforce in India, TOA who has workforce in uh, the Philippines or even, even Cadencia who has a workforce in Mexico. And so, you know, if, if your problem 
if your pain point as a business is around talent and not having the right amount of team members to serve your client base or fulfill your product needs, those are options that exist that you may need to evaluate as opposed to being limited to local talent. Those are great resources that you listed and ones that we've explored and evaluated um, personally within Dillon CPAs. And so uh, that's why we can list those off and name those. What considerations do you think people should look at when thinking about a remote workforce? So if they currently only are um, maybe their team is hybrid and, and went remote, or maybe they're not hybrid. Maybe they are all tied to a physical location. What are some considerations as they bring on a remote workforce? So the speaking from experience, you have to, if you're going to have hybrid or remote, you really have to be considered a remote first organization. And what that means is even if someone is down the physical hall from you and you can go into their office and physically touch them, how you do business needs to be the same as if you did business with someone a state over. And, um, you know, the technologies that exist to allow for that, um, you know, Microsoft teams and email and your whole productivity suite just has to be used in that way. Because if you, if you do business different ways, within the organization, it's, it's going to create chaos and you can't streamline processes and really grow as an organization from there on out, because you're essentially running two different businesses, um, that way. And yep. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's probably why most people give up on the idea of remote working and say, no, everybody needs to come back in office is when they don't have like a homogeneous working type. So when they have some people that are fully in office, some people that are fully remote, some people that do both, and they don't have one way of communicating and running the business. Um, and so you nailed it when you said, if you're going to have even one remote employee, the whole business goes basically remote, um, not meaning that anybody has to leave their current place that they plug into every single day, but just that the operations need to look like everybody could be remote. Um, I think, yeah, no, I, I, that's probably the biggest thing when people say it didn't work for us is that they tried to keep the old way of running their business where everybody was physically in the same office and then do something different for one or two people and it caused complete chaos or that person just felt discluded and um, lost a lot of information uh, because they weren't part in yeah the they office. were they felt like a bother and you know as employers we maybe did not handle that so it's it's once you make that decision, all the work shifts over to the employee and the employer and the business owner to make that transition. Um, the the statistic or met is is that it's ten times harder to manage a remote workforce than it is an in person one. And as business owners, as employers, that's on us. We have to be that much better. We have to come to the plate if if you want to be a viable option for this new, new class of people that are coming out and looking for jobs. And so, um, you know, that's, 
that's a call to really, you know, man up or whatever you want to say there, but it, it really is on us to, to do that and provide the environment for people to exceed, to, to succeed, whether they're close in proximity or not. So, um, yeah. And the benefits of having that remote workforce, meaning that you can get talent from anywhere or retain the talent that you have already because you have remote working capabilities is worth the extra work or the extra effort. Mostly it's just intentionality and setting up processes, procedures, and technology to be able to handle that. Once those things are in place, then managing that team isn't different than when you had the correct processes, procedures, and technology in place in a physical location that you were all together. And so really it maybe is just some upfront work or some first year work, something like that, uh, you know, a beginning time. And then once those things are in place and then you're continually um, making sure that you're maintaining or improving on upon those like you would in your physical location business with your physical uh, present employees, that's, that's what makes the difference. So, right, things will look different with a remote, but the benefits far outweigh any of the work or extra work yeah. that goes in. Um, I know we may have listeners that say that's great for y'all, but I can't work remote because of my industry. Um, we've seen people be creative in the times that we're in and yeah, not everybody on your team may be able to be remote, uh, moving forward, but is, if you embrace it, I think there's more fruit on the other side of that than being so closed off that in person is your only option. And even from like a client perspective, uh, we've got clients, um, especially this past year where it's, Hey, when are y'all coming back in office? Like, I'll be so glad when you, when y'all are here and it just doesn't make sense because they're not in our office Monday through Friday, nine to five. What does it matter if someone is working and, and doing good work from whatever, as long as we've got security locked down and as long as we've got good processes in place, we're being efficient, things like that. I think people are being really short-sighted and even from a client perspective, um, as business owners or, you know, customers, if, if people are giving you feedback like that, there's probably something bigger to that conversation where they may not be an ideal client much longer. And you may have to have a different conversation with them if, if they're so short-sighted and you feel like you can't grow or go a certain way in your business because that's being dictated by a very small subset of clients. And it might just be also a miscommunication or a misunderstanding of what do you really mean by that? If you only visited our office one time per year for five minutes or less, what is it that you're really wanting? Are you not able to get a hold of people when you're trying to get a hold of them? Or is it a way of getting information into our office? Are you unaware of, you know, after hours Dropbox or electronic uploads or something like that, where, you know, there are other ways of doing the things that they were traditionally used to. And they were just doing those things because that's how they had always done it and didn't realize that there were other 
other options available to them. And so, yeah, definitely maybe they don't fit your business anymore as a customer, or maybe they just don't realize all of the other options and opportunities that exist for them now that your business looks uh, a little yeah. different. And so one of the other things that you mentioned was security. And so that was a big one for us as business owners, but also from our client perspective, we wanted to make sure that anybody that we um, employed remotely and even just people being remote, that the information that we handle is secure for our clients. And so that was of top priority. We worked with our uh, our managed service provider. We worked with uh, different organizations as far as uh, like Integrity, like Cadencia, um, those types of people as well on what are the processes and procedures in place, what uh, softwares and equipment is needed, you know, what type of multi-factor authentications and different things like that to make sure that all data was secure as if it were sitting in our physical yeah. location. I think the other, the other mistake that people make when they hear about, um, maybe the remote contractor, um, relationship, because if you have somebody that's located out of the U S it's, it's very unlikely that they will be a W2 employee. They will probably be a contractor through some or other organization. Um, treating them any different than a regular W2 employee is a mistake. And I think that's speaking from experience where we've treated contractors differently and we didn't, um, we learned from that is all I'll say, you know? And so, um, but it doesn't really matter. Like the team is all in the same boat, all rowing together in the same direction. And whether you're a 1099 contractor that happens to live south, north, east, west of the United States, um, we're going to treat you the same exact way that we would a W-2 employee that we may be able to meet for breakfast a couple of times a week. So I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make um, in, in kind of deciding when to go out and look for talent in other areas. Yeah, another consideration that uh, we placed top priority on was really time zone. So looking at time zone that is similar to ours, it's not necessary in every single business, but for us, it was priority because we did want that person to feel part of our work family, uh, part of our team, that they are the same as any other person who may be sitting. I mean, we have people everywhere now. And so no different than someone sitting in Dallas or someone sitting in Houston or someone sitting in Colorado or someone sitting in Guadalajara. So um, definitely wanted to make sure that time zone was similar enough that when we do whole group things, they could be a part of that easily and also could have access to communicate with other team members um, in real time rather than having to wait or just send um, messages via chat uh, or email or text and then wait until after hours or the next day to get responses. Yeah. And Really, it also comes back to that quality of life that you want for your team. So um, if you do employ people on the other side of the world or maybe somebody moved to the other side of the world, which would be really cool, um, and they're still on the bus, you don't want them to sacrifice life by working some type of graveyard shift or anything, or at least we don't, um, as caring for that team member. Like, hey, 
Like, so that was kind of the, what we kind of saw. And so you live where you live, you, you work the hours that are reasonable. Now we do have plus minus an hour here or there, East coast mountain, whatever that, that is. Um, you just have to go into that with like a predetermined communication of what's going to be acceptable. I, I will tell you having everybody kind of in a one or one plus minus time zone is, is the best, um, is what we've seen because, you know, as an employer, especially because it is harder to manage a remote team, you, you know, when they should kind of be online and when they should be available versus what's off limits and, um, you can have good communication channels with an out of office, um, channel in teams to say, Hey, like someone pops in and says, Hey, I'm going to be out of the office for a few hours. I've got this to go do. Um, great. It kind of, it, it kind of lets everybody know whenever you go to yellow status and you're dormant where you're at. And so I think that's, something to kind of keep in mind as you're managing a remote workforce, um, just things to help along the way. And, and another consideration that we look at is connectivity. So if you are working remotely, you do have to have a certain level of internet speed and, um, I guess, access reliability to that. And so that's something that you need to look at for your remote employees, whether they're going into an office that is where they live with a team of people that work through that organization of remote workers, or if they're working from their home. So for all remote workers, they do need to have, you know, certain capabilities from their home to be able to communicate electronically. Yeah, I think, I think not only speed, but it's just a dedicated space. Um, we saw that at the beginning of of the pandemic that people were working from their dining room tables and that gets old really fast. That's not comfortable and sustainable long-term. So it really is having a dedicated space. And as employers, you can help with that. Like there are, there, there are ways to tax deductible ways to provide resources to your team so they can have the proper setup remotely. And that amount of investment, will pay for itself over and over and over again. If you have somebody that's sitting up in a card table off of a very uncomfortable chair that they aren't going to be very efficient, very long. So, um, all of that to go into, you know, just remote working, what the, what, what options exist. It's definitely a benefit. I think nowadays, um, if you don't have right boundaries in place, it can be, it, it can lead to burnout and things like that. But, Overall, the people that we are acquiring, not acquiring, but attracting and hiring, um, definitely see it as a benefit. And so we're thankful enough that we're not in this position to really be in a pinch when it comes to hiring people. Um, we actually have a pipeline of, of potential hires and uh, we've got one person we're talking to right now that wants to join the bus, wants to join the team as soon as possible. And it's like, Hey, from a capacity standpoint, um, we'll be ready at this time. So, um, the other thing like working remotely, uh, as someone that owns a business and that just had to accept, like during my ownership of this business, I'm always going to have to live within X amount of 
distance from this business, um, it gives you so much more freedom as a business owner to really, you know, the options are limitless as far as life is concerned. So where we are at specifically in our stage of life, um, after we get these two kids through high school and on to college and figure out after college, if they don't move back into our house, um, what, what, I, is that an option? And, is that, is that an option that you're giving for uh, the girls? Cause they, I guarantee they're not going to listen to this no. podcast, but if you start mentioning that somebody may, you know, ask them, they may hear this. So if that's not an option, take well, that off the I table like now. rent. And I like rental income. So, uh, you know, if they, if they want to move back in, then there's always that take. And so it, it just, it gives me, it, it's so much of a brighter future. I think now after this remote ability, because one, like the options are limitless and sure you can have an apartment or a condo or something close to your physical office, but then you can spend the majority of your time anywhere you want, whether that's Cabo, uh, Spain, you know, you can get crazy with it, or it may just be Austin, you know, who knows. And so, um, but the options are limitless because as business owners, whenever we started the business, it was very much like, okay, for the next 30 to 40 years, we're going to have to live like that was unspoken, but it was just understood. Like you're going to have to live so close to the office because that's just part of life. That's part of, of, of business ownership. And so thankful on uh, the options that now exist. And full disclosure, we just had this conversation not too long ago about if you could live anywhere, where would you live? If you could live somewhere other than, you know, the Houston area of Texas, where would you live? So my answer, of course, is like, Texas is the greatest place in the whole world. I'm not going anywhere. Um, however, Within 24 hours from coming back from a Utah vacation, I had huge whelps on my neck and my face from bug bites. I think there are places that the bugs aren't um, so so crazy, so dangerous. So maybe maybe somewhere with fewer fewer bugs that are. I think the answer is multiple locations, and I think that's where <laughs> uh, a lot of retirees. And so you just start that a little bit earlier in a, in a remote environment and get to enjoy life longer versus, you know, everybody just moving to Florida after you can't even operate any longer. So, um, you know, kind of the, the last thing is, um, backing up, you know, we had some, some clients, um, that were almost bitter that we were able to do this and that we were able to embrace this new, uh, concept of work so easily and that we're able to find team members as easy as we can because we embrace it. So there was a little bit of bitterness there with the non-ideal client because our best clients are like high-fiving us and saying, it's so awesome that y'all can do this, that you can either work from home or that you can serve me from anywhere. And I know that the level of service isn't going to change. I know that it'll probably actually go up because if our people are happy living where they live, and they do good work, they're going to serve the client that much better. So as an employer, why wouldn't you want that? And so, um, you know, it just comes back to, you know, maybe a little bit of jealousy or something like that, but, um, that's okay. Jealousy is okay to a certain extent, but once it kind of crosses that line and it affects the relationship, you know, it's like, oof, you know, we, 
this relationship needs to end. So um, we're in this uh, kind of also personal season of uh, dealing with doctors. And I know a lot, we serve a medical and dental profession um, pretty deep here. Uh, you have some, some personal experience with dealing with probably far too many doctors in the last three months. And it's amazing that people in our situation, like you have been offered televisits very few times, but every time you have, it's like a breath of fresh air to where that's even an option like that. People discount so much because they just get in this routine or this rut really of how they do life and business that even like telehealth has come so far in the last two to three years that finding good doctors and especially like specialty physicians uh, over the last three months and having options that work not only for the patient, but also the doctor themselves. I think people are still really short-sighted in what exists out there. And some of that is personal preference as far as the, what they want to offer from a televisit option. And some of that is what insurance will cover uh, for what types of appointments that they can offer yeah. that for. And so definitely, definitely both, but something to consider that, you know, during, during the pandemic, during the shutdown, when things became easier for customers or patients, as far as waiting in your car, people coming out, delivering things to your car or taking your animals into the vet for you instead of you having to carry the food and the dog and whatever inside. Those are all things that people liked and that, you know, if that's an option at your business, people may be willing to pay just a little bit more for that service. And so uh, that's something to look at as far as what do your customers like? What do your patients prefer? And so that's great. I, and that's just a few other things that we want to cover if you're looking for workers outside of the U.S., so looking internationally, just be mindful of culture and traditional um, work in that culture. What does it look like for them versus what you expect? And make sure that that's communicated clearly before you enter into any type of agreement. There will be differences. There are differences state to state state to state. So country to country, there are definitely differences on how people do business, holidays that they take, things like that. Um, all of those can work to your advantage as long as they are discussed ahead of time. Um, onboarding training and technology, how, how will your remote force be trained? How will they be um, become part of your team and what technology will they use? How will they get that? And then a communication schedule. So we talked a lot about uh, time zone and being on the same time zone and understanding when when your workers will be working. But even if they're not working at the same time as you, technology is really our friend in that you could send them a video message that they could then respond to in video message at the appropriate times of communication. So you're still getting some FaceTime with that person, even if it's not in real time. What we found though, like any relationship, if it's going to uh, go deeper, if it's going to get stronger, 
you do have to spend time with that person. So you don't necessarily have to be in the same room, uh, but you do need to see their face, need to see their body language, understand some of the um, nonverbal cues that they're giving yeah. off. Um, one, one benefit that we've experienced from being remote is uh, if you can get out of it, the, the rent that goes along with um, no longer having to provide office space for the number of employees you have Monday through Friday, nine to five, whatever. And so you can reallocate that budget to go hire more people, to provide better benefits, to have more profit. Um, we've actually used some of that additional budget to actually uh, bring our bring our whole team together in the form of a retreat a few times a year. Uh, we've done that both here in like office in our office location, but then we've also done that in Mexico on a trip to celebrate some, some really cool stuff. So um, that that's the good stuff. I'm sure if you were to ask any any of our team members, any of like prospective team members, or any employee, like, hey, do you value coming to the office? every day, every working day per week, or would you, would you rather go to Mexico and kind of party it up for a few <laughs> days? Um, I know what I would pick and, and I would try to figure out remote work in order to embrace the other side. So, um, I think it's just a new way of doing things and, and remote will continue to be, uh, the way that we operate here and, if someone asks us to come back into office because that's what they're comfortable with, we're probably not the right fit. And um, both from a client and probably from we, the team. We have a beautiful, yeah. we have a beautiful office space that we do invite our team members to come to. Uh, most do not take us up on that unless they're having uh, maybe some construction at their house. Kids are home for something unexpected, and they. That person wants to be working and not not with their child at that time or you know maybe something's going on with their internet uh, something like that and so we do have office space clients as well by appointment only don't show up at the office or you might not find anybody here to yeah. help you um, but for sure we do have we still have a beautiful space but it doesn't have to house 19 people for eight hours yeah. a day for if anybody work. wants to sublease space uh it is a beautiful office and then if you want to buy that office in a couple of years uh it will probably be a conversation we are willing to have so um the other you know we talked about benefits and stuff like that the last conversation the, a lot of people view remote as a as a benefit and i think we're almost coming to the point where it's not that remote will be a benefit, but that working in office will become a negative. And so I think that you, you are more open to the future if you are willing to embrace that, as opposed to digging your, your heels in the sand, you're limiting your talent, you're limiting the people that are willing to come into office Monday through Friday, 8.30 to five from here on out, just because as a world, We've all seen that something different exists. People that are now entering the workforce know there's a better way. And unless something drastically changes, I think we, we have to be the bigger person and embrace it.
Right. So if someone's considering a remote worker or a virtual assistant, and we didn't mention we didn't mention a place that's appropriate for your industry, definitely look at people who are doing things in your industry remotely. Ask them who they've used. Where did they find people? Are, you know, are there organizations or are there companies who have a pool of remote workers that you can um, interview? All of the people who have worked on our team have been interviewed by us. So they get interviewed through the third party organization and then they get interviewed through our team. They go through the exact same interview process that any of our team members would go through. And then their onboarding and training all looks the same as our team members who would be here in the Houston area. So um, definitely something to consider if you haven't considered it before. If there's even one person in your industry doing something uh, with re with a remote team, definitely talk to them and find out, you know, what are the pros and cons and what have they used to be able to attract yeah. that talent? Well, we could uh, obviously talk on remote employment and remote workforce all day long. And I'm sure that if people have additional questions, they can reach out. If it applies to multiple people, we can re we can pick up this conversation again and go maybe a little bit more specific around something. But um, yeah, remote is definitely here to stay as far as in our organization, love working remote, love having that freedom and also what it gives to our team as a whole. So um, great conversation today. Um, didn't hear your um, stomach kind of growling too much, uh, but I think we do need to get to lunch here pretty quick before it all goes downhill. And we hope that to all of our listeners that after these three episodes of Hassles of Hiring, that hiring doesn't feel like such a hassle, that you do have some other options to explore or maybe have just opened up areas to look for your next yeah, team member. That sounds great. All right. Well, it was fun. All right. All right talk to you later. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.